Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always in my favorite twins hat, Mr. Andy Molitor. I do. I just really like that hat, and I'm glad you didn't wear a Timberwolves hat because fuck those Timberwolves. I'd have to dig it out of the garbage, Snoops. It would be a, it'd be a whole thing. Yeah. They have some prop like Detroit's bad. And now this is twice in the span of 12 days that they've looked very bad in the second half against uh which which Bogdanovich is it? I never remember. Boyan. Boyan. Boyan just has his way with this team. If Boyan played the Timberwolves 82 times of the year, he'd be uh he'd be LeBron. Honest to God. It's it's really something. Um, I played some, my basketball went okay. I'm excited about golf starting in like uh, about an hour, I suppose. Some of the tee times are a little earlier. Um, this they, they can't start late in the afternoon because there were 40 guys last week. You know, we have 144 this week. So they do have to start a little earlier on the tee times, but still afternoon golf for the most part, which is fun because we can talk about more daily bets each uh, each day as we get through, well, each day, today and tomorrow, I guess. I'm not doing a Saturday show, guys. Quit asking. So, but we had the draw last night, the Australian Open draw, which is fun. Uh, quarter prices, I'm not sure, have been popped up trickling. everywhere. It's starting to trickle in. I bet, I bet, and I'm a, if I were a betting man, which I am, obviously this is a gambling show. I would bet Noops will have a quarter price or two tomorrow on the show, or at least if it not if he's not, you know putting his neck out one, some ideas on a few that might have some value. So I'm excited about that. I, I love quarter prices more than anything. I think I've definitely made more money on quarter prices over the years on for tennis outrights than actual outrights. So hard to win a tournament. It really is. Just I mean, just look at what our poor cooter monster had to do last night. She had to fight off five set points and then just thrash that ass in the third set. My God. <laughs> That's how it goes, too. When a favorite is up against the wall, you can say momentum's not real. I'm of that nature. I don't believe in like betting on momentum, but you see this all the time in tennis where a big favorite or even just the favorite gets put up against the wall and fights it off. And then that third set, the underdog just doesn't have anything left. Like, well, I tried. It's time to play six or seven games of tennis and go home. It's why I always compare tennis to boxing. And I know at first a lot of people roll their eyes at that because no one gets punched in the face during a tennis match. And I'm not talking about UFC, but like a good classic, like Olympic style boxing match where two people are kind of dancing. That's what a tennis match reminds me of. You know, again, you're standing further apart, but the way they're firing the ball around, there's a lot of combinations that are played. And again, like you said, it's that momentum thing where if the underdog comes out and puts the favorite on the ropes, as soon as the favorite starts punching back and kind of gets control, that underdog is really kind of, you know, been spent at that point. All the energy is kind of done. And that's what I love about tennis, that one-on-one -on -one element of it. It's great. Yeah, I do enjoy I do enjoy the uh, the ebbs and flows of tennis, and it looks like you made some bets on the big tournament coming up, some outrights. couple outrights. Like you said, quarter prices uh, basically just started opening about 30 minutes before the show, and first-round lines, again, are still kind of floating out some spots. But I've had a chance to go through the draw. Three outright bets I like on the women's side. And again, tomorrow, Andy, get ready. There's going to be screens, multiple, not even two. I bet I'll have three. There'll be quarter bets, first-round bets, all sorts of goofy stuff. Um, it'll be quite a bit of fun. But for now, let's get a couple outright bets in as we get started here. We'll start with Belinda Bedzic. Um, you know, bet on her last night is having a great week here in the lead-up tournament. Um, 
you know, fatigue is a real thing and you don't necessarily maybe love betting someone the week after a long week, but Grand Slam is a little bit different. You have a couple things working in play here. Number one, every player gets a day off in between matches. That makes the transition much, much easier. These tournaments are also aware of who played longer weeks the previous week and generally give those those players some time. So I'd be surprised if Benchich played on Monday. And then the third thing, her first match is pretty easy. Victoria Tomova here, not that you know, Tomova's a solid player, but Benjic is going to take care of business here. So don't really, but not really bothered by the fatigue angle here. I love her spot in this draw. Is going to be a huge favorite here, basically until the fourth round, where she may face Arena Sabalenka. But you know, if Sabalenka does what she has done in a lot of these events and kind of flakes out in the first couple rounds, it might be just Elise Mertens or Shelby Rogers. I mean, Benchich could have a really nice walk here into the quarterfinals, where um, you know maybe Elmster Bor is there, but she hasn't played great tennis. Maybe Beatriz Adad Maya is there. Um, Benchich is generally much better than her. Maybe Samsonova is somehow able to snap back and form, but looks like a really nice spot here. Almost certainly have Benchich to win the quarter tomorrow but 25 to 1 or better in great form and a nice spot of the draw I have to scoop that up and the aforementioned cooter monster um still like her chances to win the tournament this week um was waiting to see where she got put in a draw and again just a really nice spot here zanevska in the first round should be easy a qualifier probably in the second round that should be a cakewalk again kind of just smooths into the fourth round there where maybe it's daria Kasatkina who she could easily put away um just really like her spot there you know toughest match is going to be the quarterfinal maybe caroline garcia's there but took care of caroline pretty comfortably this week already so um absolutely like um Kudermatova here and i don't care what you say ivan Madison Keys is playing fantastic tennis, ripped through the United Cup, ripped through the first Adelaide tournament, and sits in a really kind of soft spot in this draw. Now, Keys is someone that similar to Sabalenka can certainly flame out, but 50 to 1 is a great number for a player who's going to be a prohibitive favorite in her first one, two, three, four probably matches, maybe even five. Now, the quarterfinal could be tough. There might be Pagula there, Kvitova, maybe even Krejcikova if she can play herself back in a form. But when Keys is playing her best tennis, and she loves playing down here in Australia, generally does very well. And it makes sense. These courts are fast. She likes the hot weather here. Everything is set up for her nicely. So, um, again, great chance, you know. It's tough betting on somebody like this, and that's why I try to stick to big numbers because who knows? Maybe she flows out a little, flames out a little bit, even in the first round against Glinkova. There's certainly a chance of that. But if she gets rolling here, there's pretty much nobody that's going to stop her until the quarter semifinals. And 50 to 1, we're going to have a ton of equity on her if she makes it that far. So Benchich 25 to 1 or better, Kudermatova 30 to 1 or better, and Madison Keys 50 to 1 or better. Those are all our outright picks as we try to go against Iga Swiatek for the first time this year. Let's do it. Yeah. I bet Iga, so. I didn't yet. I, that should be my, I'm going to do outright. I'll do outrights after you do outrights, and I'll just pick the favorite all, all uh, eight times. Well, did you have any thoughts on the men's side? Did you take anybody there? Not, I know everybody seems to like Djokovic. I think Whale has been accruing some Medvedev positions. Yeah, but... I, I was going to say, I tend to agree with Drew on the Medvedev, but the price is starting to get pushed down a little, like, probably sooner than later on that. The, and, and truthfully, like, as inevitable as uh, the Polish princess is sometimes, I wonder where Med or Novak's headspace is right now. Like he has to be angry at Australia and this tournament. Like he, if he were ever motivated, and it's not like this is a guy who needs a big shot of motivation to get over the top. How many majors does he have? How many wins does he have? He's the, you know one of the best players in the world for a very long time now. But if he had ever had that little boost of extra motivation to just say, 
I'm going to absolutely bend this tournament over and just, just hammer on it. Just hammer on it and take everybody out and not drop a set. I don't know. Like, it felt weird when he got, like, he was in, like, detention, man. It was, like, the scene at the, uh, I can't remember if it's Godfather 2 or the horrible Godfather 3 where they show um, they show him coming to America. And, like, oh. Godfather 2. Yeah, it is Godfather 2. It's like, oh, yeah, you're in quarantine. Sit in this room for three months. Like, poor, poor like, he, he fucked up, obviously. We I'm trying to remember what he had. He had some like horrible disease, and they're just like, "Yeah, go sit in this room for a while." Yeah, I think it's like, "Oh, you have Rocky Mountain scarlet fever or whatever. Go sit in this room." But yeah, the 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 Novak thing obviously wasn't like a victim. He uh, he didn't listen to the rules. There was some paperwork that was maybe fudged, but it did feel kind of bad for him as they just put him in a room. So it might just be the Novak show. I hope not. I hope for a wide open draw. There's a couple of players I'm looking at. You know what? I'll talk about. I'll have a couple of men's outrights tomorrow. I'm gonna, I haven't looked at the prices enough. I spent a good portion of the morning on golf, and I'm going to spend all afternoon watching golf. So maybe this afternoon into tomorrow morning, I'll have some stuff to take a look at. I do have a look in college hoops. Hoops uh, ended up with a few extra plays compared to what I just talked about on the show. Obviously, I put them in on the uh, on the BetSports app. Mercer didn't show up at all. I think it was two and two, the ones I posted. Which, if you saw the extra two, you just paid a little extra juice because I went three and three overall. But Mercer never showed up. UNCW, what a game! Right down to this, right down to it. They lost by two, but they were getting three points. Good enough for me. Uh, very tight one at the end. SMU kind of was in it for a big chunk of it, and then pissed it away at the end. And then UTRGV plus six. Never in doubt. I think they scored like a hundred damn points, led wire to wire, and won the damn game. Uh, another team that I think can probably pull an upset or God, God willing in the Creek don't rise, lose a two point guy game as a three point dog is the South Alabama Jaguars playing the James Madison Dukes uh, football powerhouse, but a decent basketball team this year down in the fun belt. And again, it's all going to be conference play at this point. Sun belt. Uh, they've lost two of their last, actually they've lost two straight both at home, which is kind of a troubling for a team that had a nice non-conference run, but at the same time, they had a weak non-conference schedule. They didn't play a lot of good teams, and when they did, they got beat. They, I think people are giving them credit for a close loss to Virginia and giving them credit for hanging with North Carolina a little, but they lost some weird games too. I don't have them rated nearly as high as uh, – Maybe the, the Ken Palms and the Torvix and all the rating systems do. Defense is good. Offense is bad. I can say that for both teams. That's kind of the story of both teams. But South Alabama, I don't think the gap is that big, and a lot of it does come down to just the strength of schedule adjustments I make for who these teams played before they got together for conference play. And, of course, I love an underdog that forces a lot of turnovers. South Alabama forces the 15th most turnovers in the whole bleeping country. So good luck to the Jaguars. Plus three. That's my only look. In a bit of a bit of a shortish slate. Um, yeah. It's Thursday. I mean, <laughs> the people kids are hypothetically about... have classes. I don't know. Yeah. Some of them do. I, w- I wonder about that on these road trips, like where you play like Monday and Thursday in a different part of the country. I'm like, are you going back home for school? I mean, because some of these are like, you know, you don't play for Kentucky. It's not like you're a one and done. You're playing for like an, you know, a 
Missouri Valley School, you're, you're not getting drafted. You still should probably go to class at some point. So, and pe- people are or they brag a tutor around. With oh them, yeah, knows? I'm, I'm hoping. What, I'm hoping that's they're doing that's something. what they do when they uh, they have snow days now. It'll be a flexible learning day, and just look in your email. That's not fair. For 14 it snows, minutes, it's a snow day. Exactly. We don't make them do the homework till after after um, like supper. I'd like, send go it back fun, to the play, teachers. Play it's today. a snow day. Leave my kids alone. Leave them alone. But yeah, people are mentioning the Derek Carr farewell letter it's um he wrote truthfully, it. <laughs> yeah truthfully it's the it's the hey i'm sorry that happened or congratulations i ain't reading that all meme because i did not read it all it's, i read a I couple mean, sentences of it he feels real bad he wishes he could still be a raider but i mean what is his future like is it almost too easy to put him on the cults since that's what they do it's all they're all about acquiring quarterbacks two years too late yeah, I guess he's a Colt. That kind of makes sense. Well, here's a good question before we get into the NBA. Are there any NBA trades you're hoping to see? Hard to think of something specific. I really want to figure out what Detroit's doing with the aforementioned boy on Bogdanovich. Um, he is probably the best piece that is floating around there that is still available. Uh, there's not really too much going on. It's a weird season in the NBA. The teams that are trying to buy don't necessarily have any great assets or want to you know, give up on them. Again, everybody talks about the Lakers, but that front office seems pretty reticent to move a first-round pick for you know somebody for a one-year kind of thing. I mean, it's going to be, I think, a little quieter of a trade deadline than we've had in the past. Again, stuff like Indiana was supposed to be a big seller, but they've been a good team. They're pushing towards the playoffs. That ownership has never been one to tank. So my guess is you won't see the Pacers tear anything down. The Jazz have a couple pieces. I've been waiting for that to kind of fall apart. But, yeah, it's the buyers aren't really loaded with great stuff to offer, and there's not that many sellers with too many things to really put up. I mean, we'll see what Toronto does. Toronto is going to be um, – Toronto's going to be the, the interesting team, the kind of pivot team. If Masai Ujiri decides to just rip out, rip it open, Siakam's available, OG Ananobi's available, Fred Van Vliet's available, um, then stuff's going to start to get weird. But I'm keep an eye on Boyan Bogdanovich and then keep an eye on the Raptors. Otherwise, I think it'll be a little bit quieter. And yes, Jason, Triple J, minus 135 for Defensive Player of the Year. Let's hope that... You know, fingers crossed. This is the sound of me knocking on wood. All it's going to take is for him to finish the season healthy, which is a bigger ask than you think. Yeah. I know people, a lot of people bet on him last year. You're early, guys, I guess, which is uh, doesn't pay nearly as well. That's my favorite. Uh, I, I've seen multiple dealers do this, but there's a specific dealer at a specific casino that I like that deals craps. That, you know, you, we've all played craps with that guy where he, he bets the pass line. He bets the odds. Maybe he throws a few bucks on the six, and then someone rolls a four, and then he bets the four. And someone rolls an eight, and then he bets the eight. And then finally the dealer will tell him, sir, it pays better if you bet it before the number is rolled. As uh, That is very, very true. I just like, because usually if that, that person is too dumb to understand that he's making fun of him donating to the casino. I do enjoy that part. I don't know anything about the trade market. Um, I, Bradley Beal? I guess is is he on the market? He seems to always be. A, he seems to always be available. Need a shooting guard. Yeah, it's a huge contract. So I mean, you're talking about basically a max player. So it's really hard to acquire that. You're gonna have to pick up a bunch of luxury tax. So 
I think somebody would like to pick up Bradley Beal, but again, I don't know where he fits. Like, unless Westbrook is going to get traded for Bradley Beal, which maybe I don't know. That's something. That would be something. Well, what what about tonight? What are we what are we gambling on tonight? Not long term, short term. Today's games. Yeah, it's um, six games tonight. I'm actually seeing some MVP stuff. Yeah, Kevin, the MVP is wide open. I would actually start to look at Giannis a little bit. Um, Jokic, if he wins, will be a three-time MB, three-time-in-a-row MVP winner, which hasn't happened since Larry Bird. And I believe it's Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, and there's one other name that I always forget that did it. Might have been George Mikan? No, it might have been Oscar Robertson or somebody like that. But, again, there's only been three players ever to win it three times in a row. None of them are Michael Jordan. None of them are LeBron James. And it's going to take a lot for voters because they know. They know what that historical impact is. So, Bill Russell. Jokic. Yeah, Bill Russell. Thank you. Um, Nikola Jokic probably should be the favorite. But, again, it's going to be really tough for him to overcome that. I- I'm done. I'm done thinking Luka Doncic is going to win the MVP until he does. It's just he doesn't seem to make, take that big step forward. So I would look at maybe a Tentacumpo um, if I was looking up an MVP, but that's a great market to leave alone, honestly. So yeah, jumping into tonight's slate, six games, two of them I have looks on. As I look at some of the other stuff, I saw somebody mention, you know, a Sixers Thunder over, not a bad play. Um, you know, the Sixers have been great offensively. The Thunder have been kind of iffy on the road and is a blowout. Blowouts are generally good spots for overs. Um, you know, those games get a little bit out of hand. So you know, lean towards the over there. It was happy to leave that one alone. Celtics and Nets should be a great game tonight, but no Kevin Durant. And the Celtics played pretty well last night. Again, got us by the, I think it was not quite the hook, but the lost by a basket there with our Pelicans bet. Um, Cavs, um, Trailblazers is the other game there that I didn't have anything on. Um, I don't know why the Blazers are underdogs at home. I guess that means Lillard's not going to play. So I'll wait for the injury report there. And then Lakers, Mavericks, my numbers like the Lakers. I don't like betting the Lakers. I'm happy to leave that one alone. But two bets I do like. We're going to take an over and a team total under here. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, going to visit the Miami Heat. Really like the over here. I was able to get 216 and a half, would play anything 217, 217 and a half is probably pretty good. I had this at 220, almost 221 when I started this morning. You know, it tweaked it down a little bit as I started to look at some things for pace. The possibility that the Bucks here on a back to back might be without Drew Holiday takes a little bit out of the score here. But this Miami Heat team, no matter what eight, nine random guys they seem to roll out there, play much better at home offensively. The Bucks have been getting better and better here. And on a back-to-back, it's going to be tough for Milwaukee to really hold things down defensively. So I think we'll see a decent amount of points here. I mean, again, for a Miami Heat game, 220, 216.5 is pretty low for an NBA game. But for the Heat, that's actually a relatively high total. So have this one closer to 220 again. Anything 217.5 or lower, I'll take. And then the Charlotte Hornets um, playing their second game in Toronto. Um, had a great night shooting against the Raptors in their first game. We're not able to cover that spread, um, but shot over 54%, made a bunch of three-pointers here. Toronto has been a great team in terms of adjustments. Expect them to, again, at home, as much as they were happy winning that game. I know they take a lot of pride in their defense, and I'm sure Nick Nurse is going to figure out a few things here to lock down the Hornets tonight. So, again, unless they shoot 55% again from the field, had this number closer to 108 myself. So anything 112 or higher, even 111 looks pretty good. I'll take towards the under. So Bucks Heat over 217.5 or lower. Hornets team total under 111 and a half or lower again should be able to get some better numbers right now so just a couple looks for us just a couple we get a lot to bet on today there's a ton i'm gonna hurry up and go through this um there's more 
more on Betsperts Golf. I just want to focus in on one. I put everything I bet in the Discord, but one of my bigger edges for a single round matchup, which is to say it starts today and it ends today. These are I, I do like these because uh, I mean some people maybe don't like betting golf because of the fact that it takes so long to cash some of these. Although some of the full tournament matchups do end up cashing on a Friday, which is awful. I can nice, wait but... four days for money. Yeah, I'm 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 very patient. I do believe this is a later one too. I think this is why I picked it. Um, Ryan Armor, god damn it, they do tee off pretty soon. Well, shit, I'll, maybe I'll throw in another one here, but this is the one I wanted to talk about. It is an earlier-ish tee time compared to everybody, and yes, remember the UFC is back on Saturday. Even if I don't bet it, I do still enjoy watching a lot of that. Ryan, Ryan Armor, and Joseph Bramlett. Like I said, this is for. A single round. This is just for today. Um, kind of based on everything I've talked about on what's important for this tournament. Ryan Armour's, I mean, the, the form is what it is for both of these guys. Neither of them is a guy who competes a ton. Uh, maybe on some of the smaller events or the smaller fields. They're 6,900 each at DraftKings for a reason. But Bramlett is a much, 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 much worse putter. Not that Armour's great, but he's at least a little above average. Armour does basically everything that I think is important here much, much better. Uh, when I look at again, I talked about this earlier in the week. Fairways gained, good drives gained, proximity from like 125 to 175, putting on Bermuda. Uh, Ryan Armour ranks in the top 10 for four out of five of those. Actually, no, five out of five of those in this entire field over fifty of uh, a fifty-round sample. Whereas Joseph Bramlett ranks 128th out of 144 in fairways gained, 107th in good drives gained out of 144, 132 out of 144 putting, um, and uh, 132 out of 144 putting on Bermuda. So just a couple of uh, a couple of guys. I ended up, oh, I did, this is my full turning matchup. Damn it, Dan. I'm still just talking about a bet that I made yesterday. Dan, Dan has me confused. And mostly because I have myself confused. God damn it. It's on screen too, and I'm looking at a different one. All right, Hayden Buckley, Mackenzie Hughes. I have, we have each other confused. This is a whole different bet. I really, really, I really think you should place this other bet though. Because I obviously. It I sounded like good. Yeah. Anyway, Mackenzie Hughes is a guy I bet against all the time. I think he's horrible at golf. He his driving accuracy is shit. That's basically the the play here. He won the Sanderson Farms, which is a bad field and a bad course, and it doesn't mean much. It's the chicken. It's the chicken sponsorship down in Mississippi. Like it's not a good event. He he's bumped up a little in the market because of that, but he doesn't. I mean, he he hasn't played well at some of these other events. I'm not sure he's actually played at the Sony much. I'm checking that right now. Yeah, missed the cut in 20, 77th, missed the cut in 18. Yeah, he's, he hasn't had a ton of success here, and I don't rate much we don't rate much of what he does well. And, yeah, thanks, Dan, for sorting me out as I'm, I'm off looking at the other tabs with all my stats. But if you did miss yesterday, Ryan Armour over Joseph Bramlett, full tournament, I do love that. Anyway, Hayden, Hayden Buckley is – Someone I actually considered for an outright because of his price. He's another one that's a little further down the board. Uh, basically, both of these guys drive the ball the same distance, which is, say, uh, slightly above average. But Hayden Buckley's driving accuracy is miles and miles better. He just 
doesn't miss cuts. He missed the cut at the Fortinet in June or in uh, September. Hadn't missed one for three months before that. He's really, really had some nice form over the past six months. This is just kind of a, hey, Mackenzie Hughes, you're probably going to miss the cut. Hayden Buckley, just show up on Saturday and collect collect this money for me kind of thing if you're betting on these guys. But as it is, I'm just betting for it for one round. I just need Mackenzie Hughes to add one direction. Hayden Buckley to kind of, to use a tennis term, hold serve. Like, I'm not looking for Buckley to be on the leaderboard, to be on the first page. This is more of a Mackenzie Hughes fade, especially since he is a favorite in this uh, market. So, all right. That was uh, Andy acting like uh, a very old person who was very confused about what he was talking about for three minutes. Betting Admittedly, I, I was clicking around, looking at some other stuff, but I was sort of listening to you. I was like, I don't think he's mentioned the names on the screen, but I'm going to... He's talking about something. I don't. Yeah. Dan, Dan made a point this morning. He's like, man, you do a lot of content. I'm like, yeah, sometimes I forget what I said right after I say it. Anyway. So. Do you have a pick one pick for the, for the people? No, that, I mean, that was, that was the one I did put in the sheet today. I did say I wanted to bet the, uh, you know, the, the Mackenzie Hughes fade with Buckley, but some people on the show the other day uh, with Noonan and I brought up Aaron Rye. Uh, another one I bet was Aaron Rye over Ryan Palmer for a, a single round matchup. And then I, that's where I got confused too. I did bet Ryan. I did bet armor again for a single round matchup at bookmaker. I found a price over patent Kazire at minus one Oh two. So just a few different uh, matchups. I like today, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. That's what's because Are you picking anybody in suicide golf or whatever they call it? Yeah, um, a few different ones. It's so tricky this year, and I, we talked about this a bunch in the Discord as well. The Bettsports Golf Discord is people are people are starting to come around on one and dones. I think a lot of people play those now. Yeah, and, one and dones. There you go. Um, it is. It's tough because a lot of these events last year, noobs, they changed the purses. Like, hey, this used to be a twelve million dollar purse. Now it's twenty. The Masters is only fifteen. So you kind of because it's important that you pick a golfer who does well in places high, you also have to kind of rank your events out and say, well, this one has a $6 million purse. This has an $8 million purse. Like there's just not as much, there's not as much money to be won. And the points are all based on money. So you you do kind of got to focus in and figure out, you know, where to use certain guys based on that. But at the same time, it'll also affect who plays where, because there are some of these events that didn't get elevated that might just have horrible fields and, you know, you say, well, there's 44 events. I'm going to look at the top 60 golfers in the world and try to use people from that list. There might be events where none of those guys show up and you have to get pretty squirrely with it down the road. So I'm not as big of a fan as saving guys. Um, if you like a guy, if you think it's a nice match, don't worry about the outright price. Just play it. Worry about it later down the road. There's always going to be three or four guys that are not on your radar right now that you're going to be playing in one and done come summertime, whether it's because you have to because of the field or because you've, you know, you've used the one good guy in the tournament to come down the field, or it's because somebody plays a lot better than you ever thought he was going to. And suddenly we're using like, everybody's using this guy in the playoffs. Like you know, Cam Young wasn't somebody that might've been super high on radars. I think Montgomery might be the guy for that this year. Makes a lot of sense. All right, we got a little more tennis. It's not Australian Open tennis, but again, they're still playing some of these other events. I'll get to some round one bets tomorrow and all sorts of good stuff like that. But we're still in Adelaide. We're still in Hobart. 
Nothing for me in Adelaide. Um, you know, Paul Vadoso, short favorite over Daria Kasatina, makes perfect sense to me. Um, Belinda Bennett, a short favorite over our outright Veronica Kudermatova. Looks just about right. Maybe a touch of value on Kudermatova, but since we have the outright, I'll let that roll. But two matches at Hobart, and I have something I like for each one of them. Uh, we'll start with the money line here. Elizabetta, um, or no, I'm sorry, we'll start with uh, the money line here. Lauren Davis, minus 125 over Anna Blinkova. I have that basically the exact opposite price. Um, would have Blinkova closer to minus 120, minus 125. Davis is the underdog here. Um, Davis is a tough player to handicap. The market, for whatever reason, really respects her, especially as she gets later in events. She's actually taken a little bit of money this morning. Um, but I really like the way Blinkova has been playing. If I look at her last year, the last few months, even this week, all her results look slightly better to me than Davis's. So happy to take her at plus money. Honestly, plus anything looks pretty good. There's a plus 105 out there. And then a first set over Sophia Kennan. Get herself back into form. Um, the former Australian Open winner. Going to be kind of interesting here the next couple of weeks. I don't know if, again, she's good enough to win the entire tournament. But has been playing some nice tennis. Goes up against Elisabetta Cochiaretta. Cochiaretta knocked out Paolini, our last outright in this tournament at the other day again playing some better tennis here is um someone that's a little bit underrated i think on some of these quicker hard courts and should be a very competitive match the total is a juicy 21 and a half right as it should be but again you know i look at those total markets and these first set markets and i just don't see the even movement that you would expect a, a juicy 21 and a half i would expect this nine and a half to be minus 15 maybe even minus 120 but you're getting minus 105 there may even be a, a little better number out there again a little tougher to find these bets, but the first set overs, Bookmaker has this, Bovada has this, just about every legal shop has it. Again, over nine and a half, anything less than standard juice looks great to me. Again, the correlation seems a little bit off here, and both these limited played very long first set so far. So let's get a 6-4, 7-5 kind of first set there in Canon Cochiretta and the underdog, Anna Blinkova outright in Hobart. Hobart! Is that, is that New Zealand? No, oh, everybody's sure. in Australia. What's the New Zealand one? Auckland. Auckland. The men are in was, Auckland. I forgot about I, that. I was, yeah, I knew, I knew there was a New Zealand one. So, All right, I'll have a, a couple of looks at some quarter prices on the men's side tomorrow. We'll talk a little NFL football. We'll have another golf bet. Maybe I'll even go over today's golf bet again tomorrow. That'll be fun. And we enjoyed you. We enjoy you chiming in in the chat. Hit the thumbs up on the way out. Have a good Thursday. Sorry there's no Thursday night football, I'm sure. Your family misses you. Go say hi to them. We'll catch you tomorrow.